0: Welcome to the TLT Podcast, a podcast for tomorrow's leaders today. This episode, we have a very special guest, my childhood best friend, the, hands down, the greatest artist that I personally know. Wow. You might not even know him from the TLT Movement Podcast that he's on right now. It's Brady Dolly. Hi. Hello, hello. Today, we're going to be talking about passion versus purpose and your career and passion being melded into one. Mm. Let's jump right into it. Let's start the intro. Be-
1: us talking about my generation. Anything challenging is going to be hard, and so what? Hard could be the new fun. Ask stocks. what your
0: country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country.
1: Who's going to carry the boats?
0: Endeavor to persevere. If you want to be a good leader, you have to understand human nature.
1: I never look back. That distracts from the now. Generation. It's a podcast about.
0: How did you leadership. already know the song?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, big
1: fan, big fan. so uh, do you remember how we met? Yeah. Um, we were at uh, Vacation Bible School at a Baptist church, and my mom was like, "Hey." There's this kid who also has a speech impediment. And I was like, mom, he sounds like a loser. And then look <laughs> at us now, baby. That's
0: exactly yeah. how it went. Yeah. yeah so and if and you're <laughs> into repeated syllables, this Stutter Boys podcast is the one for yeah. you. You have tuned yeah. into the
1: right spot here. They really put both of us on mics and <laughs> talking. Yeah. But look at us now. We're actually doing pretty good. Yeah. 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 No, we've mostly grown out of it.
0: You, you think we grew out of it or you think there's something else at play?
1: Um no we grew out of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, maybe taking some speech therapy helped too, but it's usually just a to grow out of I, it thing. Yeah. Um I mean depending on what type you have.
0: You know, I feel like when a lot of people picture a full-time artist, they're picturing a starving artist. I think that's the common oh, yeah. the common I mean, picture. I mean, look at you. <laughs> you're not only not starving, but we're in your house right now. You got a roof over your head, bud. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I mean it just depends on like, like artists is so broad. And if you want to just be like an artist, artist with, with like no type of commercial work, then yeah, there it's really, you don't make you know, money. You don't make money until you're really like in it, you know? Um, but
0: So let's start from the
1: beginning. All right. When did you start making art? Um. Well, I mean, every kid makes art. So I could say that, but, but I would say like, when I kind of decided that I wanted to uh, make it a career, like it was probably the eighth grade. So I, so I knew early on, I, I uh, actually thought um, that I should try to be an architect. Uh, Cause I was like, well, everyone's saying that you can't really be an artist and make money, but I want to draw for my job. So I'll be an architect. And then in high school, uh, when I was like 15, I was like, actually, no, like, I'm just going to make <laughs> it my goal to just be like an artist, artist, because um, I realized that uh, architecture wouldn't really have been the right path, and I was like, I don't really care if I don't make very much money. I'm just going <laughs> to go for it, you know? Dive on in, yeah. yeah.
0: Do you actually remember the first job that you made mo- money from d- d-
1: d- doing your art? Um, I would say, like... The, the first thing that comes to mind, like this isn't the very first time making money, but uh, our like senior art show, um, it was this like tiny thing in the media center and we were trying to sell work and uh, I remember having like 70 pieces, like like we needed to have 24 and I was like, let me just throw everything up and price everything and I made eight hundred dollars that evening uh oh. just in our little like library and um now like obviously I've sold single paintings for more than that but what's but what's
0: the most that that you've <laughs> made on a on an art sale um
1: like sixteen hundred dollars i mean, I mean hey, it's that's not, like, that's good. crazy but I guess like for someone in my position that's like like that was only after a year of oil painting. Uh, so if that's what I can do in one year, then maybe in 10, I'll be selling them for 10, for ten, ten, ten times as much. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that's like never really been the goal. Like, like, like when it comes to my painting, like the goal is to make a great painting, not to sell a great painting. Um, mm. And I think that like, that's important. You know, p- people can catch on when something's, genuine. And when you're just trying to make money and that's like why, uh, I have an alternate source of income other than painting. So that when I am painting, I don't feel that financial pressure, you know,
0: but that alternate
1: source of income is also making art. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I actually learned how to paint in Photoshop before I learned how to oil paint, like, um, and I actually began learning Photoshop just for fun, as a thirteen-year-old, just like giving my brother eight arms or sure. w- whatever you want to do, <laughs> and uh, then like by the time that I was fifteen, I was making digital art, and I realized that I had inadvertently uh, created a way to make money. Um, and so, I my first ever job was actually as a graphic artist at this print shop called Sign Shack. Uh, oh, okay. Probably the worst design job that you can get, <laughs> but I was 15. Like Sign shack. I, I don't know, yeah. man. That sounds pretty professional. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't even drive to the job because I didn't even have a license. Uh, and, and then from there on out, I just learned by doing it. And then I got a better uh, job at a different print shop and began doing more and more like vector-based work. And then taking on some freelance clients. Then towards the end of high school, when I was deciding college or no college, uh, that's what tipped me over the edge was I was like, I'm already making money doing graphic art, e- even though I've never taken a, a design class. Uh, so if it's working out that way, then why not miss out on all of the debt that college would bring on and just right. and just go for it. And that's when we tried to live together. (laughs) Yeah. So he moved out (laughs) senior
0: year. He moved to Colorado (laughs) from Georgia and it did not work at all. We were (laughs) going to create an empire. We were going to create a business and we ended up just sitting on the couch and watching TV. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. Like I thought that I was just going to be able to freelance full time right out of high school. Not the case. Uh, Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you freelance, uh, there's one-time projects and there's regular clients. How are you making money right now to put this roof over your head to pay the bills? So currently my main source of income is doing freelance work. So like um, illustrations for uh, packaging, like I, I have a handful of clients that keep me pretty busy. In addition to the packaging company, there's a guy in New York that has me do work for, like, restaurants. And so a
0: New York client, that's super cool. Have you got a chance to
1: actually fly out there? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize that the work that I was doing was for such a fancy restaurant. <laughs> and they, like, treated me. And uh, it was um, super cool, like, uh, seeing, seeing like, my work, like, like on the menus and, uh, you know, various other things that they had. That is pretty restaurant. cool. That is pretty cool.
0: So what is it like to commit to your passion and make what you love to do a job?
1: Like I would consider there to be a pretty big divide between my art and my commercial work that makes money. And and I'm fortunate um enough to have this work that is related to art and, and like, sure. When I'm doing my design work and, and my graphic work, it's good practice. Like I'm honing my eye for color and, and, sure. and like composition. When people ask to, to see my work, I show them my paintings and I don't show them my packaging design. Cause that's my client's work. And you keep them separate in, yeah, even in your own head. Yeah. Cause like, I'm pursuing two careers at at one time. Like being a freelance illustrator is some people's end goal and it's a great goal to have, but my end goal is just to be an artist that's just living off of their own work. And so I do my design work during the day and then I go right from that to painting late into the night. So I'm working a double shift every day. Mm. And if it all felt, well, like it was the same shift, then I don't think that mentally I you would, you I, would burn uh, out. Yeah, it takes a serious uh, amount of willpower like 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 to be drained from doing a bunch of creative work and then saying, all right, now I'm gonna paint for s- six hours till 2 a.m. and uh, uh, keeping <laughs> that up <laughs> yeah it's <that's laughs> crazy. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so I see like my design work, as kind of like this almost like homework, like like just pay the bills. And so then I feel this kind of release where I get a second wind when I go to do my own paintings because I'm like, this has nothing to do with money. This has n- nothing to do with pleasing anyone but myself really. And it like feels like this greater thing. And I think it's important to also like realize that you're going to have to make those compromises. Like if I told myself, oh, I'm not going to do the freelance work. I'm only going to do the painting. Then I wouldn't have the money to buy you, the you, paint. You'd and be on the street. <laughs> well, I have a family, but right. Okay. <laughs> but that's how it usually goes is you have to try to find something related to what you want to do that will maybe lead to more like opportunities and, and, uh, or they're like, like, I know some painters that like having their day job be even further from art so that when they paint, they they have a greater divide. So uh, what you really want to do, you might have to accept that it's not going to make money for a while. Uh, and, and you just uh, got to do it because you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like some people want to be a freelance illustrator and that's their end goal. So I'm very grateful in your experience so far, mm-hmm. you would recommend to uh, to other
0: young people to, if they're going to pursue their passion as their career, you got to separate it somehow or else it, it's going to get a little too f- f- fuzzy and it's going to feel like work. Because that's something that I've fallen into personally. I have been interested in video for, I mean, a decade now, since I was like 12 And I've been making YouTube content. I used to be so obsessed. I would make videos in in high school all for fun because I didn't have any bills. As soon as I moved out, I became very aware that I had to, I'm an adult now. I have to make money. I can't be a bum. And so I was like, all right, I know how to do video. I don't know how to do much else. So I'm just going to do this. And it's gotten to the point now where I work on client videos all day long. And then by the end of the day, I just want to chill. I'm not. Yeah. Try, I'm not trying to go home and write a, Write a movie to go film a short film on the weekends because I'm 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 burned out. So it's like yeah. I I wish I, w- I would have heard your, your advice before I got into it to kind of separate the two. I mean, it's not too late. True. I mean, I feel like it's too late because it's like I. <laughs> it's the one. It's the years. one thing I'm good at. <laughs> you, you
1: have you have sixty years to figure it out. Like that's another thing that I was thinking about is people have asked me like. How long did it take to be able to freelance full time or whatever? And when, when I say that I got my first design job when I was 15, so technically it, it took six years. You don't want to hear six years and then think, oh, wow, that's...
0: From the place that I'm starting now, six y- years is, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah,
1: but when you think about it, like you have 60 years uh, <laughs> if yeah. if you're 20. uh let's say you would dedicate an hour every day to doing any sort of task that contributes to it. So like, let's say that you have a job that takes up so much of your time that you just want to relax or whatever. If you really are set on this goal, then you'll find that hour to carve out time and to chip away. And when it becomes a habit, it, it gets easier and then it's on your mind more and uh, part of it is based off of just odds. Like I was lucky to find the clients that that I have, but I also was, was making so much work and putting so much time into it. Uh, and I wouldn't have been lucky without the hard work. So it's like carve out as much time as you can and make yourself luckier. So, that's like the biggest thing is like not sitting there and waiting for the opportunity, but, but continue to be like training so that, uh, like, like it's almost as if s- like, like, like someone's about to fire the gun for the race to begin at any moment. And you just got to make sure that you're warmed up and right. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, cause like, yeah, the more you do it, the more opportunities are going to come along and just you got to be patient. Uh. Mm. That's good. I like it.
0: I, I, I don't know how to finish these things because it's yeah. like I just like what you say. So I'm like, yeah, man, that's great. <laughs> good job.
1: Yeah, just uh, keep praising me. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> or else. <laughs> how do you find that balance? Um. What do you mean? Like Like balance between...
0: How do you continue every night going back to doing art just for fun and it's still being fun
1: oh um because i don't do it just for fun like like i think that uh doing it for fun is great but what i was saying uh, about finding joy in work that isn't like jump on a trampoline fun times like it's something more than fun like it feels like when you're training for a marathon you aren't training just like laughing like like sometimes it's hard yeah yeah like it's very difficult and and there are some days that you might not want to go to practice and and you might not want to run 10 miles but when you have this like higher goal and then you do run those 10 miles it 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 feels better than any party or anything that's like just plain fun I'm not going to the easel to paint just to like laugh and have a good time. Like I think that there's you something have an more end goal in mind. Yeah. Like, like there's something more there and I'm willing to sacrifice fun. um, Even to leave behind something that might be greater than myself one day when I die. Like it mm. seems like this uh, greater purpose and, and there's nothing wrong with just wanting to do it f- for a good time. But if you find yourself thinking like, I, I want this thing to remain only fun and I don't want pressure on it and I don't want to feel like I have to do it. Don't make it your job. And, and then you can continue to have that, Mm. but it's good to know that like, when it be, when it becomes your focus and your, your task and, and your job, it does change change it and Mm. you have to be okay with that
0: man that's so that's so cool that's such a i think it's such a easy misconception to make that when you do something that you love for work that it's always enjoyable because it you can still love something without it being um with it still being hard right and we say here on the tlt podcast that hard is the new fun. (laughs)
1: <laughs> How, what do you think of that slogan uh p- personally i was almost about to say it and you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth uh yeah but but it's kind of like like would you enjoy watching a movie where the characters are having a fun time for two hours without conflict i don't know <laughs> man yeah every film I, I like it's 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 ups and downs yeah, baby. yeah. if you really care uh, uh about what you're doing then it's going to make you feel worse than anything else and better than anything else.
0: Yeah, man. It's, it also sounds like to me that you, when you're doing this in the short term and you're making these paintings, you're making this digital art, you have a grand idea in mind. Like you, from what I feel like you just explained to me is, you know, at the end of this life, you want to have something that you have created that outlives you, that's bigger than you, that's... Yeah. that's what would you like to accomplish with your life where you look back and you're like, I, I did a good job.
1: Um, I mean one like tangible goal that I have, that's kind of like a lifelong thing is I want to be able to show art in MoMA, the museum of modern art in New York. Cause it's like, that's the chances of that happening are really low, but they're high enough that I feel like I can work towards it without uh, convincing myself that it'll never happen. And I I think that that's a good way to gauge it. Like giving yourself goals that seem nearly not possible. So you feel like you need to be on and you need to be working hard because you're like... If I don't, I, I,
0: I won't get it, right?
1: Yeah, and and I and obviously there's other ways to think about life, like maybe a, a peaceful life being more content and like there's different philosophies. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but but that's kind of how I think about it. Is I like having this overarching thing so that when I wake up, like like I don't have someone giving me tasks. Uh, sure, I have clients, but basically like like nothing is laid out for me. So even if I do have projects that I need to do, no one tells me when to do them or you got to
0: motivate yourself,
1: right? Yeah. Like I need something like, like I have to be a self propelled wheel pretty much. And, uh, so you have to kind of create this kind of image that you're going for. And then even if you do get there, make a new one, so that you have something else to look forward to. Yeah, and when you say that you're successful, it isn't like like a place that you've gotten to. It's more of a path that you're going down, mm. and going down a path that you're happy to be going down. That's everything because it doesn't mm. really end until death. Uh, and sure, like you can say, like I want to see this view like on on this path like I want to at least make it that far if you're on that path like even if you haven't made it to that great viewpoint yet you are successful because you are because you haven't quit yeah like as long as you're going in that that direction that's the only thing that's gonna satisfy you is continuing to move uh and it's never just getting to that viewpoint and then just sitting down and being like this is it. Time to this retire. Because, <laughs> like, obviously you you do want to pause to, like, like, um, smell the roses, but the, the hike and the progress is more so the goal, you know?
0: Is it ever a little daunting to you as a professional artist at 21 years old to have your work looked at by critics or other
1: artists who have been in the game for
0: decades longer than you?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, even just like saying that I want to show work in MoMA one day, like makes me like uh, almost embarrassed to show what I'm doing now because I know what's going through people's heads is, oh yeah, this guy wants to show his work in MoMA, but this is what he's doing. Sure. And I know that by the time I get there, like I will have made so much progress and uh, the like paintings that I'm doing now, aren't going to be the ones that are in the museum and everything. And by then I might not even be painting uh, cause I'm not like trying to put myself in, in, in that box. So like, it's really. What um, do you mean by not put
0: yourself in that box? Are you uh opening the opportunity for yourself to explore other mediums?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I think painting is a great foundation as an artist cause you're learning color and composition and, Patience and uh, like, like, like these great pillars. And uh, so, if I did want to move on to, let's say, like animation, or um, even like working with sound, like, like music. Yeah, like uh, when you paint, you figure out how to make a composition dynamic, and when you listen to a song, and you treat different notes or sections of the song as like shape and. And, and like color, there's a balance that I, I think is kind of universal to all of art. And you can hear a song and, and feel like this is a beautiful composition just because just I'm familiar with uh, how composition should feel or, or how you think it should, should feel. Maybe
0: you, you know, read yeah. every uh, word in a phone book um, for 12 hours straight. And, yeah. and that's, that can be your art.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> do yeah, you, do no. you think stuff like I would that's say art that? Oh yeah. Well, well like, is it good art? Um, the thing is like saying is, is something good art is just like a non question. Like, like, like that's like saying, um, is this a good blue? Like, well, Like the blue, like, (laughs) like, 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 like you need context. Sure. Cause on its own, that blue isn't good or bad until you put it on the floor as your rug. And you're like, within the context of this room, within this time period, within this lighting, that's a bad blue. Mm. But then you take that same blue and you use an element of it in a photo that's hanging on the other wall. That's the perfect blue. And art is the same way where the time period matters. Who made it matters. Why they made it matters. And mm. all of that contributes to it. So you can't just say, is this painting good? Because uh, you don't know if it's the blue rug on on the floor or the blue that's in the photo on the wall or whatever. Wow, I think
0: that's a great example. Very educational. Cool. <laughs> cool.
1: I like it. <laughs> That that was like
0: the perfect way to explain that. Thank you. Hey, let's get into the last segment of the show. It's called TLT Spotlight. This is where we put the spotlight on some TLT across the world. Young people that are stepping up and doing amazing things.
1: Mm.
0: First things first. One of our own TLT alumni, Cyrus Hazim, recently, last month actually, he hosted a poetry night on a rooftop in Pompano Beach. That turned out the crowd was over 85 people. He's a construction worker on the side, but he's an artist at heart, and he's currently working on his second book. I think Mm. this is very cool. I brought him up because you're an artist as well. And uh, we just want to shout out Cyrus Azim. Now, cool things that teens are doing around the world. This is not somebody that we know personally, but it's a young person doing something really cool. Let me know if you've heard of these guys. So... 2TLT did something amazing to help Ukraine refugees. Ari Schiffman and Marco Bernstein launched a site called Ukraine Take Shelter on March 3rd. Within a week, more than 4,000 people created listings on this site, inviting refugees into their home. It took them three days straight where they worked on this site, coded it up without, without hardly any rest. Um, or food, they said, because they were so passionate, perf- perfecting the site dedicated to assisting r- r- refugees to find a home to stay in. Now, the craziest part is there was a family that got on this site, got linked with another family in f- France, escaped to the French countryside, and within three days after they left their home, it got bombed, destroyed completely by the r- 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 Russians. They say this site saved their lives. Wow. Very cool, right? That's incredible.
1: People out here doing some cool stuff. I thought you were about to tell me about like a new like Minecraft speedrun record when <laughs> you said like teenage accomplishments. That's <laughs> much more impressive.
0: Yeah, it is impressive. <laughs> Young people can do amazing things, truly. And mm. I and I, I I think people need to hear this because they mm. need to be inspired. All right, lastly, on this week's TLT Spotlight, I found this really cool site that I'm going to actually link in the description below called onesimplewish.org. This site provides fun things for foster kids that they wouldn't ordinarily get. And so it's a fantastic crowd, fun site to uplift young TLT and their passions. Since today's episode was about art, I actually... Uh, gave an acrylic paint set to Katie from San Francisco for only forty nine dollars. We had the opportunity to bless this young girl and possibly assist her in becoming the next world renowned famous
1: painter. Mm. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. Super cool, right? Sometimes that's all it takes to to change the course of someone's life. Exactly. You know, uh, Henri Matisse, one of the most famous painters, he was put into law uh school by his parents and he got sick and someone gave him some paints while he was sick to keep himself busy and then after that he dropped out and became one of the greatest parents of all time so that's fascinating yeah
0: that's super cool we could create that same story right here with one simple (laughs) wish.org all right guys that's that's been our show it's gotten dark i know I'm going to try to color correct, but it looks <laughs> so dark. Brady, I appreciate you mm. coming on, being I a appreciate. part of the show. It's been a blast. I learned a lot about art, and I hope mm. you did too, and a lot about career and passion and, and, and purpose and career.
1: Mm. And how the universe is expanding. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we did learn a little bit about that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, thank you so much, and uh, see you you guys next week. All right.